Hello and welcome to day four of the Daily Mini Podcast. Today's episode follows on from yesterday's, so if you're listening to this one first, my advice is go back to the first of the Mini Podcast, which is called uh, Mini Podcast One, uh, Episode One, something along those lines. It's on sourcing area intelligence. Okay, so today's episode, like I said, follows on from yesterday's. And today we're going to talk, take a quick look at due diligence. Um, so how do you go about it? What do you need to look at to make sure the deal not only stacks in terms of the numbers and figures, but also that the area is right, the demand is there, etc, etc. So let's jump into due diligence. And today I'm going to share our 10 steps to DD. So first up, <clears throat> comparables. So always try to go with sold comparables as these are more reliable, especially if the exit is to flip or sell on anytime soon. On the market comparables, are not, they're not really reliable purely because what a property is advertised for and what it sells for are very often very different figures. You know, an, a, a vendor may well want more money for a property, more than what it's worth, so it will be overvalued or an agent will overvalue a property, and, you know, incorrectly <clears throat> right move will let you search sold properties on any given street um, so you can do that on right move comparable properties that are sold should have been within ideally the last two years of today's date although given the times that we're in at the moment comparables are going to be harder to come by because property prices will no doubt fall um, during the coronavirus um, aftermath I guess we'll call it um, we're not there yet but obviously property prices are going to fall so comparables are a little bit tricky but yeah as close to as close to as you can get so I wouldn't look at anything beyond two years ago um, you know if you can get it as recent as possible then brilliant next up <clears throat> well actually I should just say um, in terms of comparables com- you know, if it's not on the same street, then you need to find something as close by as possible. You know, the same size of property, the same type of property. You know, it's not, it's not always easy to find a comparable, direct comparable in terms of, you know, one how property on the same street, house on the same street. <coughs> so secondly, location. So what does the local area offer? Think about the following. So amenities, nightlife attractions, sporting venues, concert venues, also how close is the property to public transport links and local motorway uh, networks etc, transport hubs, things like that. So what does the local area offer is second. Thirdly we've got regeneration, now we discussed this on an earlier, um, I've discussed this on videos countless times, you know, Google is your friend. Find out if any money is being spent on an area, if there are plans for new developments that will drive the local economy. Um, you know, I've talked about this before on uh, previous podcasts and, and videos, I think. Morecambe, um, there's a planned Eden project. Um, and, you know, this is going to add so much to the local economy. And one thing that helps with capital growth in terms of property prices going upwards is local infrastructure and investment being improved in an area because when that happens property prices will soon follow so 
Fourth on the list, we've got refurb and build costs. So if the property requires any refurb or build costs, you'll need to make an assumption as to how much this will cost. And ways you can do this are stick a finger in the air and guess, or <laughs> I'm joking, as I prefer to view with view the property with a builder, or you know, if not a builder, a handyman who's really quite knowledgeable. Um, you know, you, this is where you need your contacts. So view the property with a builder, get a quote, and you could hazard a guess before confirming costs at a later stage if you are only initially assessing a property and you're confident of your own figures, you know, you're confident of your, your own figures being a ballpark figure uh, and not a million miles away from where it's going to come in uh, with the builder when you get a quote. So fourth is refurb and build costs. So try and view properties if there's going to be a refurb with a builder and get a quote, get a quote for that works. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fifth on the list, we've got tenant supply and demand. So you can check supply and demand in a number of ways. Speak with local agents and ask how long similar properties are taking to let out. If it's HMO, then you can carry out a search using the spare room website, search rooms available, check the current stock, and then carry out a search in the same area for tenants looking for rooms to see what level of demand you've got there. Um, it's not foolproof, but it can be a good indicator. Um, always speak to an agent in as well. You know, ask them how quickly the rooms are letting, um, just to get a, you know an extra level of, of DD there. You could also place dummy adverts and get a feel for demand based on your number of inquiries. So you could place a dummy advert for a property to let on spare room, or if it's not a HMO, you know, uh, Facebook Marketplace, you can put properties up on there. Gumtree places like that. Next on the list, we've got rental prices and running costs. So when you're crunching the numbers, rental prices and running costs are going to be quite important. So if the property is to be tenanted, then you'll have you, then you'll want to know the going rate for a property like yours. Um, again, it's quite simple. Hop onto Rightmove and Zoopla, search for similar properties to let in the area. Um, you know, on the property data website as well. Property data is a fantastic website. Um, that's also going to give you an idea of what rental income you can expect. So if the property is a single let, then running costs are pretty easy to calculate. Use your own running costs in your own property, maybe. Um, <clears throat> don't forget to account for voids and maintenance on the deal analyzer when crunching numbers. You know, a lot of people just tot up the figures and think, hey, I'm good to go. You know, buy to let properties do cost money to run um, in terms of voids. The tenant leaves, and you know, you may well find a tenant within a short period of time, but you might not. You may have a void there of a couple of months and that may knock your figures out and may make the deal fall down. So you need to account for voids and maintenance on the deal analyzer um, when crunching numbers. And to get our deal analyzer, you can go through our free training and we'll actually send you our deal analyzer for free. So head on over to psmproperty.com and sign up for some free training there. <coughs> Excuse me, I have got a bit of a frog in the throat and it doesn't seem to uh, want to be playing ball <laughs> today while I'm recording this podcast, so apologies for, for coughing. Um, seventh on the list, capital growth, past and future. Now, this is where you need 
need to access really websites like property data um, you can see historic growth in any postcode area on there but you can also search for projected growth as well in a region it's based on a region not in a, a specific location so you can search for projected growth there and it's a great piece of information to use on your marketing so if you're trying to sell a deal and, you, and you've got a brochure together then looking at the capital growth in the past you know gives investors sometimes a little bit of security in terms of maybe that will happen moving forward now obviously we're in strange times you know the market is going to change and is going to dip um, like I've said before I, I don't see it dipping much overall um, between 10 and 15 percent I don't see a drop in a, you know a lot of the experts are saying 13 percent now a month or so ago you had experts those same experts saying Oh, we're going to see a 20%, 25%, 30% drop. We're not going to see that. And they've now kind of backtracked a little bit and they're now kind of saying around 13% is what they're expecting. I'd say between 10 and 15%, somewhere in there. Um, so 13% is kind of, you know, there or thereabouts, I guess. Um, so yeah, capital growth, past and future. Eighth on the list is timescales to refurb and possibly sell. So if the property needs some level of work carrying out, how long is this going to take? Ask the builder you view the property with. Um, it's always good to take a look and see how long properties are taking to sell in the area to. You know, you may have an investor who's looking for flips and this will be vital information. So how active is the local market? Again, speak to local agents. Um, because they work in that market, how active is that market? If your investor is looking to let the property, then obviously they're going to be more interested in tenant demand, etc., which we've already spoke about. So number eight is timescales to refurb and possibly sell. Ninth on the list is exit strategy. So when you're sourcing properties, you may know what the investor's exit strategy is. For example, the investor may want to buy a property and his exit or purpose is to let the property out and this is obviously buy to let alternative the exit may be to add value by turning it into a hmo or extending it or applying for planning etc or carrying out a refurb you know if you have a property and no investor is lined up it's good for you to practice and kind of work out what would make the best use of this property where you're going to get the biggest return what can you do with the property where does the biggest cash flow come from versus, you know, the safest and most likely outcome given the area and tenant demand, etc. And this is where sourcing and packaging deals gets creative. You know, this can be quite fun actually when you start you start outsourcing as a newbie and you're looking at different usages, and, you know, different possibilities of the various of you know properties and the various exits. So exit strategy is quite important in terms of you know your DD. Um, you know what's going to happen afterwards. Does the property fit that? Will it work? Basically, that's the bottom line. Um, tenth and last is check legislation and restrictions. So there could be restrictions to some properties, such as Article Four. You know this is the local authority's way of limiting the spread of HMOs in an area of. You know your town or city if article 4 is in place then obtaining a HMO license will be much more difficult but alternatively if you find an active HMO um, 
for sale in an Article 4 area, then this could be a good thing. Um, you know, potentially that's that's a big plus point when selling it on to, to an investor. Other restrictions could be the mortgageability of a property. You know, if a property is built using non-standard building techniques, uh, you know, the mortgage in a per purchase may prove troublesome and or, you know, even impossible. So if a property is leasehold, you should definitely check how long remains on that lease. As if a lease runs below pretty much 70 years, it becomes you know, more, much more difficult to mortgage. You know, options in this scenario are extending the lease with the freeholder back up to 999 years or even buying the freehold from the freeholder. So that's the 10 steps to DD boxed off. Hope you found that super useful and that you tune in for the next episode because we are going to show you what's next. So getting the deal done and sold. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe and share the love on social media. That'd be nice. Um, you know, it's just nice to get this out there and have as many people listening as we possibly can, really. You know, and getting value from it. And also, so I don't feel like I'm talking to myself sat here, going mad during lockdown. Let me know how you get on. Let me know what you think. Email me, direct email. Email me at support at psnproperty.co.uk. So that's support at psnproperty.co.uk. Let me know how you're doing. Um, check out our website for more free property training and some cool downloadable resource tools as well. Uh, you'll find that on www.psnproperty.com. And that's all for today's pod. I'll catch you later and I'll see you tomorrow on some of those podcasts.